day in France it is as we set off on a 188 kilometer trek north having left behind us the Pyrenees and there it is a breakaway of five strong riders including Niels Pollitt and a bunch of other people Matej Moric and a bunch of other people Quinn Simmons, Quinn Simmons Quinn Simmons bunch of other people and uh, yeah Quinn Simmons was the best in the end but weirdly we're riding really hard at the front and we're not going to allow them any time. Oh, protest, protest. Okay, that's out of the way. And then... Um, pharmacy. Pharmacy. Green light. Temperature, green lights, time of day. Green Off light. we go um, uh, towards the uh, the series of climbs towards the end and all of a sudden, boom, Quinn Simmons is off the front on his own and he's only got about 25 seconds and then he signs off and then all hell breaks loose and suddenly Alexis Goujar reminds us what the great racer he was in 2015 when he took his welter stage and he triggers a reaction, all kicks off, Tadej Pogacar's attacking, it's all mayhem, we don't know what bit of the race we're looking at but all of a sudden there are three riders off front, Riasim Steven, Fred Wright and Alexis Goujar and they've picked up this tail win 25 kilometers to go pushing for the line in Cahors and it's chaos with the sprinters teams Alpacin de Koenig working really hard for Jasper Philipson Philipson's on the radio saying we're not going to do all of this and they disappear off the front and all of a sudden bike exchange Jayco have to work but it's right in the balance and then we see the green jersey of Wout van Aert on the front with yellow jersey Jonas Vingegaard on his wheel and Christophe Laporte in third place and then David Miller comes up with commentary genius gone what did oh, you say I, I all of a sudden at that point like seeing a, a jigsaw kind of starting to come together and, and seeing the picture I was like oh my god it's they're working for Laporte and up to that point we thought that maybe Wout van Aert was just working looking after Vingegaard yeah but actually they were setting up Laporte and just keeping him in prime place to go for the win so um, I, I love it when you have a little um, lightning bolt of inspiration like yeah. this because it was a properly clever call David and it mm. was a surprise move but I love it when because I'm I have peripheral vision I'm staring at the screen like this but I've got like reasonably good 2020 vision so I can <laughs> see at the side you sit to the left of me almost always nowadays always, we've yeah. fallen into a bit yeah. of an anton deck <laughs> routine but I can see you starting your right index finger starts jabbing at the screen <laughs> like that and I know that you're onto <laughs> something and you go they're riding for Laporte <laughs> <laughs> They're riding for Laporte, and it was so clever um, that you spotted that. Uh, because I, I suppose the point was at that at that moment, Wat van Aert was holding the gap. He wasn't riding it down. No. It was quite a it's it positioning. Wasn't, it wasn't super wout, was it? So mm -hmm. it looked like positioning. It looked like the sort of thing that the Ineos Grenadiers would do. Just we're in control. We're riding this, but actually. It was all about Laporte. Was delivery, just delivering Christophe Laporte. But into Cahors, they've still got around about seven or eight seconds, 6.5 kilometers to go. And with 3.5, it's shrunk down to around about five seconds. And then inside the final kilometer, only a couple of seconds to spare. Fred right attacks as they sweep left-handed towards the finish line. And right is hanging on there, Stoven battling to get across to the man from Bahrain victorious but look who's on his wheel it's Christoph Laporte Laporte now leaves Stuyven gets on Fred Wright's wheel, wheel for a microsecond then looms up large and then with 300 meters to go on this steep finish towards the line he attacks and from that moment on it is done behind Caleb Ewan Jasper Philipson both led out they launch their sprints they're coming in hard but Christoph Laporte has won and he's won with a gap Pete Kenyuk genius wasn't it because he made that move he jumped across yeah and to have well you need to have the legs you need to be in control you need to have all your senses about you to understand this is what i'm going to do now yeah 
as opposed to wait for the sprint, wait for it to turn left under the kilometer to go, yeah. wait to launch a sprint. He was like, he obviously had a look around, seen how everyone else was, yeah. you know, looked the other sprinters in the eyes and thought, right, I'm going. Jumped across the break and then didn't go past them, sat on them. Just danced Four, through the groups and Stoyven's so. turn. That was a perhaps, I mean, that was perhaps a race, <laughs> a, a kind of race winning intervention Fred accidentally Wright, from Stoyven. I mean, even Fred Wright, what a remarkable ride that was. Because he's not just a breakaway legend in the first half of the race now. Who's he's that? Fred, Fred, Wright. Fred Wright. He's yeah. seeing sit race situations happen, unfold yeah. in the final 10 kilometres. Yeah. And that's a big difference, Ned, isn't it? Uh, Compared to absolutely following I mean, moves and so opting smart. for the long breakaway. Because he's a bit of a marked man now, isn't he? Like It's very hard for him to slip away in the early he's, breakaway. He's getting that status, isn't he? It's like yeah. He's getting the did respect. You see, it's incredible. Did you watch Steven? He was so pinned trying to stay on Fred Wright's Fred wheel. Fred Wright was so strong When he was today. going across. <laughs> so strong. <laughs> I, I need yeah. to commentate a little bit here yeah. on what's happening okay, to us at on. the moment. Well, we've, we've <laughs> hit one of these... Um, these French payages, and we do have a little um, transpondery thing, a little clever gizmo that gives us. Oh, oh all of a sudden it's activated. But while, while we've been analysing the stage, um, the thing didn't lift the barrier, so we've had to reverse back up one of those slips and, uh, Away we go. and go down another one. But now, now but yeah, I mean, I mean, foie, Gary Thomas, foie, 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 I mean, <laughs> just his name. Jesus. I think... The control he had today. You know what the... Calculated. The, clinical. Yeah. And you know what gave that nugget of insight for me was having commentated with Ned on Paris-Nice. Mm. And if I hadn't watched Paris-Nice in close quarters with Ned as a commentator, I wouldn't have kind of trusted kind of the tactic that they were using. Yep. Because... What's amazing with Christophe Laporte is he was on Cofidis, a lead-out man, uh, not uh, kind of a good rider, a solid rider. You think you're, ha- you're you're taking him to bring him on as just to change his career to being just a heavy-working horse. What do they call, what do you call those horses that the real big a horse, dray horse, something like, like that. that that pulls the big. My wife's listening to this and we'll be just shouting. Oh, sh- equine expert. Yeah. that's awkward, isn't it? Because yeah. we're fumbling around the David. Yeah. Mm. This also for me goes to show what Jumbo Visma have in terms of um, staff and scouting that other teams don't have. Yeah, to go out so and see riders who have these huge potentials yeah. and get the most out of them because. There's so many other teams that just sign riders based off results. So it is interesting. And this is the complete opposite. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just a, it's the transfer of the season, isn't it? It's an incredibly smart move. It is the transfer of the season. That why don't we kind of have that as a title? We should never stray far. Yeah. Our, the overarching show name. Yeah. Should have an end of year kind of title awards. And if that's oh, the case, we're getting that big. Oh, yeah. That I mean, potentially yeah. there's an entire. Oh, we have an awards evening. night. Well, it do- oh, oh, good idea. Yeah. We should have an awards night. night. Yeah. At the Where we go on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the riders won't turn up, but yeah. we can just no, do no, it. For no, no, no. They will. They will. But we care. They will. Also, they will. Well, let's just save that because great idea. Owen do will, won't he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's a listener. Well, let's make it accessible. He is. Hello, Owen. He played his part today. Should we get him on the pod at some point? We should. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a listener, isn't he? Get him on tomorrow. Yeah. He's a. I, it's yeah. just yeah we, well we've got that big transfer isn't it it's, yeah, I'm, I'm loads it's so technically difficult he'll in get, this he'll car come on though, tomorrow. yeah because he's on a big transfer as well. yeah. oh mind you what the Everyone riders doing mm, good question are they flying in the morning because of the late start they might maybe be. yeah, yeah we'll but anyway um, going back to Laporte what changed Laporte's career was 
Nasabuani's transfer out of Kofidis, moving mm. to Arkea Samsic. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden he's got no sprinter to work for and uh, therefore he's able to take his opportunities. And I think I'm right in saying he won the Boucle de la Mayenne, he won uh, Etoile de Bessege last year. And those were clearly the results. I mean, those are hard races to win. Mm. And those Very were clearly hard. the results that drew the attention of the Jumbo Visma recruitment staff mm. who went, we can make you into something you did yeah. not know you are. Six well, million dollar man. Mm. The six million dollar man. Yeah. Do you think and we can make something of a Christophe Laporte? Or should we have a meeting about it? <laughs> Uh, he's okay, a very so phenomenal rider. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Why are we going to universal language? Pete, Ned and I couldn't listen to this because for some reason our audio wasn't... We have like about eight different audios yeah, our, super complicated. on our things and it, we couldn't... It wasn't plugged in. Nobody's fault uh, for us to be able to listen to the interviews, Daniel's interviews. But you listened to Fabio Jakobsen okay. and from what I hear, it was perfect universal language. It... It was amazing, and I can't remember it. So I'm going through. Was it was it to you, David, or was it to the group? Uh, it was to mm, TDF group. TDF looking group. through WhatsApp now. This is live I'm podcasting. Skimming. I'm just commentating on Pete Kenyuk skimming through his iPhone. To right. Find so Ned, pick. Up, I'll, I'll come back to this. Yeah. Well, we could also talk about. So the Yumba Visma agenda meeting. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Okay, here it goes. Go <laughs> okay, here we go now. Uh, he goes, I, so I actually said, are you joking? Did you hear Fabio's interview, Ned, post-race? This is all, these are all separate messages. They only write one message and it like comes out as like eight different <laughs> separate messages. I said, uh, and then I go on to what he said. If the line was closer, I could probably, I could probably be there. If the legs are better, I'd also be there. Also? Also, also such a also good universal be word. Yeah. But the funny thing is, Ned, if the line was closer, yeah, potentially it could be there. Okay. Uh, but also, if I was better, depending on where the line was, I could also be there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and so I looked at Gary in black, and I was like, what's and I don't know if Gary listens to the pod, but I had a little I like, don't know a if sixth Gary sense that he pod. might do. It's because I looked at him, and I was like, Mm, <laughs> like, what do you think about that? And he looked at me and he, he smiled. <laughs> and I was like, it makes no sense. <laughs> because obviously, <laughs> if the line was closed, he could be there. I think. And if you felt better, then you would have been there. <laughs> but, uh, Fabio, what, what, what do you mean? You know? well, <laughs> now would be a very good time to thank Gary Imlac for oh, yeah. a oh, gift. Amazing yeah. gift. So, so, Gary Beckett, Gaza, uh, you, Pete, me, David, we have all been the recipients today. And everyone else on our team of a bottle of wine of our choice mm, from lovely. a chateau just down the road where Gary Imlach filmed the opening um, pieces to camera for the Highlights programme which belongs to the Danish royal family and actually the it's a Cahors wine a red wine and on the label it says um, the Prince of Denmark yeah That's Prince Joachim of D- uh, and yeah. Ned I'm not mm. sure did, did you understand did he give you much context in terms of what they do or who they are Obviously, well, who they are. We well, know who they are. Well, but I mean, I mean what have they done? So I, 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 I mean, um, did he, did he this is the Danish royal. I can't remember the name now. I can't translated I Harry Potter into yeah, Danish. Quite amazing, really. So that's that's um that's one the, of the, the books. Qu- the Queen of Denmark married into the French aristocracy, mm-hmm. and um and they're from this region, and uh, that's all I can tell you. Uh, but they own this. Uh, they own this amazing vineyard, and yeah. Gary Imlach came back with a bottle of of, um, of wine for it. And that's yeah, he told me on set that they translated the whole Harry Potter. Harry Potter thing. I think the Queen, the did, queen, the queen did, did, did that. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. translated the, Harry Potter yeah. into Danish. Yeah, <laughs> the Queen, the, every book. And then I think Gary said, 
<laughs> bit better than our royal family. Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to that on set? Can you hear I what did, we're I talking did, about? I did. I, I ruled well, Good job I'm not slagging you off, innit? Yeah, it is. You've got to be careful with that. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be careful. You've got to be careful with that. Um, but going back to the Jumbo Visma recruitment. So, yeah, so great, great okay. recruitment. Day. I declare the meeting open now. Which yeah. riders are we going to be looking at, guys? Because we need well. to always stepping on also into the next phase of our recruitment and to strengthen the team, make it mm-hmm. better, more winning. So uh, I don't know. Have you looked at any riders from the Cofferdus? Well, so they're going to be cheap, eh? <laughs> <laughs> However, we need to look at the young Dutch talent. We're a young Dutch team. Always the Dutch is We're sponsored so. by Dutch sponsorship. And, yeah. uh, you know, this is important for the team, eh? Hey, guys, excuse me. Eh? I have one question. Okay. Also, also, you bring it to the table, eh? I, I always, many years, I've been wondering this now. What is Visma? <laughs> <laughs> well, I always I say I work for Jumbo Visma. I have no idea what Visma is. Jumbo, I know, is yeah. a supermarket. A supermarket I, own, I buy there. my fruit there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And my breads. Breads. And also uh, my tinned vegetables. Yeah, okay. But Visma, I have no idea. I, this is very important. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but I mean, also, it's not important right now because we need to sign the best oh, young talent true, of, the, of the of the. Of the you know the, the pelt on it so I have a crazy idea for you guys okay, okay yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there and you can shoot me down in flames if you want also then this is the this is the meeting though this yeah, is what I, we do I eh? don't mean literally it's not Open like honesty, literally, yeah. yeah I don't mean literally shoot me down in flames oh, okay. this is illegal <laughs> um, I mean as a metaphor <laughs> also okay so my idea is to sign you know Nasibuani the angry kid Mm-hmm. Also losing many times. Uh, he's still met for net. <laughs> yeah. So he's he always had lead outs. He's very good, I think. Mm. Normally, spr- normally he's very good. Mm. The sprinter did not do the final, mm. but <laughs> very often, never at the Tour de France. Never, no. And the Tour de France is a very big bike race in France. Mm. Um, I'm thinking Christophe Laporte. Have you heard of him? Also, <laughs> that's too many. Also. Normally, no. <laughs> Because okay. if you're the head but scout of Jumbo Visma, then I we believe you, eh? I anticipated this, and therefore I have brought to the table my iPad, my information pad, <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, already preloaded, <laughs> because <laughs> my information pad already preloaded. I've, I've downloaded Pro it just in stats. case we have no buffering here and no mm-hmm. internet. I've, I've got a Pro Cycling Stats page here of mm-hmm. Christophe Laporte. So, right, Pro Cycling Stats. Yeah. This, right, as a commentator, this is the best website you can ever it's have. Incredible. It's yep. incredible. As a rider, yeah. worst website. Yeah. Because stats you. Uh, a manager can be like, uh, yeah. Peter Kenick, what's he done? Right. Well, let's have a look. well actually, Peter you Kenick don't know all those races that That's I was amazing. there. Or It's it's awful. Yeah, because it it's judges like, it's you. So yeah. judges every it result judges you've ever you. had. It's just scrolling like, through how here. How many? 20, 20 Peter Kenick, 2016 right. Tour de Suisse, 63rd, 78th, 90 seconds. GC wins, red. Um, sprints red, yeah. breakaways red, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't know what is going on. No, but that's cycling, isn't it's it? No, I mean, it's actually no. quite hard it's not to. Si- it's pro cycling stats. All it's right, awful. That's true. But 90, 80% of the peloton are that, are people who, to whom the actual position, the you know, the, the position over the line is of no relevance. Right? There's so many, the vast majority of the bunch. Yeah. And as a commentator, I know this so well because. Especially when I'm not researching the Tour de France, I'm maybe mm-hmm. researching the Deutschland Tour, which I'm coming yeah. up. So there's a lesser quality in the peloton. And I'm looking down and, you know, here's a rider I've literally never heard of. And I look down and I go, okay, who are they? I can't. I'm just looking at their raw stats in terms of their results. Mm. I cannot read into that a single damn thing about who they really are. 
so then just by reading their results it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> true true David's gone quiet yeah, yeah. so I just can't join in the um, accent things I can't do accents so nor can me and Pete to be perfectly honest yeah, yeah. yeah. we can try we yeah. can try but yeah you're right Ned it's like judging well that's all you have to go off isn't it it's so I don't know how I don't know how people. you would find that kind of quotient or that 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 um, you know that kind of that data that would actually represent how valuable they are. You mm. know. Nathan to van Hooydonk, right? Yeah, look at Nathan gone, go. gone. To Even Chris off the board look at up to a certain point. Yeah, yeah. But well then, but so that's the, po- that's the point, isn't it? That, that his career took off, and then we're still that's talking. What? We're still talking about it. That's now. the point. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, we can't do back to the race because you're. Your brief, uh, kind of your basically up sum at the beginning was so comprehensive. Well, we can dwell a little bit on the talent that is mm. Quinn Simmons. He's um, amazing. And, and we can note... He's kind of overtaking Sepkus for me. Gosh. I, I know, it's know. a bit cool. But, yeah, it's the truth. He's amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Really? We spoke mm. about him on a pod before, didn't we? You said, yeah. Pete, he'd be the brilliant person to have in a breakaway. Mm-hmm. You'd be like so made up if he, he was in the move because you'd go... I think the implication was I might be putting words into your mouth that he would do a lot of wor- unnecessary work. I'm not underestimating what he's done in the Tour de France over the last three weeks, but he just doesn't light my fire, as Will Young said. Wasn't like famous, he said. Why Come not? on, baby, light my fire. Who uh, wasn't the original? Was Will he? Young. He did the cover actually. He <laughs> <laughs> was the original. Um, the Doors. Jim Morrison. There we go. Well, Quinn Simmons doesn't quite light my fire. He gets in the break, and it's like. You just know nothing's going to come of it, <laughs> and it, and try not to be because going back to pro stats and you know the riders that we look at. But for me, he's just he's just not dangerous. He's capable of getting the breakaway, which in itself is is yeah. it's great in the Tour de France. But Ned, yeah, he, he doesn't light your fire, does he? There's never a point where you're like, this is going to be dangerous. <laughs> not yet, but I think you know. Uh, to be honest. I haven't seen a massive amount of him race. I've weirdly. But I've have you seen a massive amount of Fred Wright race? And also with the s- similar riders. And for me, Fred Wright is like, wow, this he's much closer to winning. This could it? happen. He's much closer yeah. to winning. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 David, it falls on you, I think, to defend. Yeah, no, I'm Quinn totally Simmons' honour, like, and, and to, to tell us why he's a winner. Well, first of all, there's there's a couple of things with Quinn Simmons because he's a little bit of a controversial figure in the sense that he has made um, uh, racist remarks on social media. I think we need to be a bit careful with that. Because yeah. he because no, Quinn, well, no, Quinn I, himself... No, no, he defends himself, and I'm just saying, but that's what the... the I, I'm totally on the fence with that one, because I don't know... No, 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 I'm, I'm literally doing that, that thing where we have to say, he would deny that. Yeah, that's, I, it, that's, that's what I'm saying, okay, controversial, so I'm yeah, just yeah. saying what the opinion is. I, exactly, so I'm not comments saying I have been perceived as racist, he would deny that, but yet, the truth of the matter is, he was definitely reprimanded by his team, wasn't he? He was accused kind of, of. Yeah. 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 Um, and I don't know enough about him, I actually don't follow him, I just saw this kicking up this media storm, I think it was last year, wasn't it, or the year before? Oh, it might have been two years ago, yeah. Might have been two but years ago. Maybe last year, yeah. But, um... Anyway, so that's a footnote, and that's probably why anybody who follows all the news in cycling, that's the first time they'll, they'll have heard of Quinn Simmons. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, but, so that's there, sadly, unfortunately, and I, I don't judge him because I don't know anything about it. But just to clear that up. Um, yep. But uh, at the same time, as a bike racer, I knew him before that. 
because he'd done a mountain bike race called Leadville 100. Yep. Um, and this was the year, I think, where he also became junior road world champion. I think it was 18, wasn't 18. Hmm. And he was in this mountain bike race and he... He was against all the the best mountain bikers and all these different things and he had mechanical after mechanical. I think four different things happened to him, but he didn't give up and he ended up getting, he he finished on the podium. Did he win, Ned? I introduce you to this. The Leadville? Yeah. Yeah, he won it. He won it. So thinking about American cycling, um, yes, what did we think of last night's podcast? David, did you listen back to it? Was it all right? I did. I listened to, to most of it. I kind of put it in when we get to the hotel, go to bed, speak yeah. to Nicole, then put the <laughs> podcast on, then then do a bit like Pete and fall asleep to it um, in yeah. the best way. In the best possible way. In yeah. the best possible way. I've done that from time to time. Yeah. You put it on, it, I yeah. lost about five minutes. But that was great. But what, what was really frustrating was when we finished the podcast exactly last night. Exactly right. We still had two hours in the car. Yeah. And we just carried on talking. Yeah. And yeah. went into deep never strays far without without sort of like picking away at scabs and getting involved in sort of like you know controversy the the journey itself wasn't wasn't without problems at one point collectively we nearly lost Pete at a petrol station and drove off um, and just left him there that would have been uh, not uh, ideal uh, not ideal but um, Pete was with us Uh, but Pete we just carried on talking about cycling for ages because we were still sort of Mm. buzzing and excited from what we'd seen didn't we Uh, yeah uh, I mean the drive off was over the last two weeks, it's I've always been waking up so thirsty, and it's probably because I've had pizza every night <laughs> yeah. for the last ten nights. Yeah, including last night. Which, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Last yeah. Night. And oh, no, that was the best ever pizza, wasn't it? That it was, was really good. And yeah. good. also with that, it's not because the vegetarian options are limited in France, which they are. But I also love pizza, so it's fine. <laughs> you but literally do. I really love pizza, and <laughs> and but <laughs> it's solid, and I wake up at usually. 4 a.m. Yeah. So thirsty, so thirsty. Yeah. And I mean, four nights ago, I woke up and the only thing I had was a, um, an iced tea. And I was like, God, this has got caffeine in. Was it warm? Surely. It was warm. I was so thirsty, I yeah. just downed it. Yeah. So then, over the, the uh, well, I'd say probably a week now, yeah. I've made the point of buying two litre bottles of water for the yes. car yeah. that we can take to our hotel yeah. rooms, yeah. that we can rely on. Yeah. Yeah. At that time of night, and that's why you, you, that's why you jumped out the car and to go and get this. Yeah, because well, we stopped for a stopped for a break. Natural break, oh, well, yeah, natural very break. Bring it back to very the racing. Cycling. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was like, right, I'm gonna. I need to. This up my opportunity. Get the bottles of water. Come back to the car. So bought the bottles of water plus salt and vinegar Pringles because also just to dry your mouth um, out more. <laughs> the point. So I commentate usually after the break's gone, and then you and Ned and David <laughs> take. The, take the reins back with about 40 50k to go when it's getting interesting yeah i'm and sorry about that at that what, point what's the closest you've got to the finish pete 46 kilometers no no no, no, no yes no, they were 37 or something no it? no but me and matt is yeah. different i heard so me, yeah. me and matt have this ongoing like bit of banter where <laughs> when we're on air and uh, i'm like oh, it's getting exciting now matt, isn't it and he's like yes <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is beaten. I'm like, yeah. 46 kilometers to go, Matt. This must be the closest we've ever got <laughs> to the on finish. ITV comedy. I to think finish. you were into the 30s yesterday. With just you and David, though. 
so it's different. Oh, right, so with me course. and Matt, we have this ongoing joke. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite funny. Uh-huh. Um, and and also, it actually with the Pringles, it goes on to me and Matt again because I always provide the snacks. What commentary so, snacks? Yeah, no, nice. w- because when we finish, yeah, it's sometimes two hours until the race finishes. The race finishes, and we go back on set, and it's it's quite a long period of time. It's no man's land, isn't it's it? It's no man's land. Yeah, yeah and actually today was I'll get back to today but anyway every day I've <laughs> been I, I have no not thirsty oh. I, I provide the snacks oh, see, sorry. and it's been sour cream and onion or something with the green mm. Pringles yeah green Pringles and then last night when I was going to get the water I seen salt and vinegar Pringles <laughs> which I've not seen in the whole sort of fans. I'm getting them because yeah. I knew I'd I'd appreciate it for one because it's a different flavour yeah. and I knew Matt would love it because <laughs> he absolutely loves food for <laughs> <laughs> free <laughs> so I got I bought them uh, it, was, it was quite late I was he's gonna he's gonna appreciate this so much tomorrow oh uh, they were bought for Matt I didn't know that so I come into the the office which is a separate truck to the commentary booth yeah. and I'm like Matt <laughs> guess what I've got <laughs> Salt and vinegar Pringle. He was so excited. Oh. And and that's like what you don't see. Like the, mm. you know, the I, behind the scenes. I've known Rendell for t- nearly 20 years and I've never known him not sort of take up an offer of food. If exactly. You, you kind of go, oh, and no. he's always so grateful. And he's always, and he's always so curious. And you go, yeah. I've got these, I've got these things. Do you mm. want one? He goes, Oh, and with that, oh. he's provided. Do you know? I think I will. That's so kind. <laughs> yeah, and he'll just be straight in and there with, with his that, massive. And with that, provided hand. the coffee every day. Oh, it's just a legend. Um, he's a legend. He's so, a legend. yeah. But anyway, that was last night. I went for water, and um, we nearly left you at the petrol station. And I walked out, and I was like, "Well, where the heck's gone?" Yeah, we nearly left it. But m- but the reason that so but it was quite an adventure last night, and then we carried on. I can't remember whether it was before or after that incident. After after we started talking about cycling again, mm. again, yeah. again, as if we hadn't done it yeah. enough. And it was and perfect. Pop David, you, you'd obviously it? been cogitating. I think is the I word. had, yeah. Or to use the David Lizzie, Lizzie Dignan word, loose, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, because I was going on, I was genuinely thinking. Gestating an idea. I was, I, I'm and we were, we were poking him like yep. you, you don't yeah. poke Pogaccia. Like, you know, when you poke a bear. Yeah. yeah. We were poking David at this point. Yeah. Two but kids in the back. Yeah. Two kids in yeah. the back, just poking him like this. And, and, he, and he reacted. He reacted. Yeah, I did. He had a minute, he had a minute lead in the GC. <laughs> and he, he could not help he, himself. Could, he, he wants to tell us now. What oh, he sorry. To, yeah, what sorry. He yeah. Come. Because I was in a bit of a, a, a dilemma because of the UAE performance the day before. Yeah. Where McNulty and Björg had done their great rides. Yeah. There's the kind of polemic, are they doping doing this? And uh, I, I don't believe they are, genuinely, with all my experience. And I... I, gen- I and I also try to say to that now because I don't know enough information, but I'm a very positive person regards kind of where the sport is now and what these new riders are doing, what the teams are doing, and the open source nature of training and equipment. And but then I got into the depth of new talents that is in the sport. What Pete coined a few years ago, newer humans. Yeah, the newer humans. And then we got into newer humans. So. Yeah, I should, we and should probably just pause. Say there are many newer humans in the peloton. Many newer humans. Remco Evenepoel is a newer human to some extent. Filippo Ganna yeah. has been. He's not great at this race, but he has been something of a newer human in what mm-hmm. he's yeah. done. Um, mm-hmm. Tade Pogacar is the ultimate newer human. Mm-hmm. Wat van Aert is mm-hmm. a newer human. And Tom Pidcock is a newer human. And so then I got I got yes. onto the point that the the sport in the past had been like the Habsburgs, where it was your dad was into <laughs> cycling, or your older brother. Or your village, and so. But y- who are the Habsburgs? 
the Habsburgs would be, I think, the, the, the greatest example of this is Americans, and often their dad did it. Or True, but, but when I said who are the Habsburgs, oh, the Habsburg. oh, who right. are the Habsburgs? Oh, well, you can explain that. Well, the Habsburgs... Because I asked Ned this after yeah. okay. lunch today, didn't we? Well, the, the, they, the Habsburgs... I was like, were who, I, I, we had this conversation for <laughs> so long last night, and I was like, who? who uh, Ned, I mean, I got it, but yeah. who are the Habsburgs? Yeah, so on the way back from catering, I tried to explain it. I mean, the Habsburgs were the ruling um, dynasty of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Okay. Mm. And so we were halfway through the story. What? I forgot my bag, didn't I? <laughs> On the chair. What, where? Which one? Well, well, in I'm catering. So in catering. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> that oh, was so funny. <laughs> that was, no, that was so funny. So I we, know it's cool. To go from catering up to the finish line today, it's, we're on a little hill now. Uh, on in the car and David we had to go up well you went as well yeah we had to I cycle back up a little hill like this mm. didn't we and um we, Pete and I had rolled out on our Bromptons away from catering starting the conversation start of the hill and and <laughs> you'd gone who are the Habsburgs and I'd gone well they were the the the, the aristocratic ruling um family of the Austro-Hungarian Empire and they had a habit of marrying each other's cousin you know uh, their, cu- their own cousins at which point Pete went oh I've forgot my, my man bag, man bag. <laughs> your shiny boy man bag yeah. of catering so you just went yeah. and I just carried on cycling up this hill and spinning away going very slowly up the hill so I didn't get a dab on or anything and I was almost to the top of the hill <laughs> minutes later when this guy ghosts up alongside me like Wat Van Aert and goes so they married their cousins so why was that a problem <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody <laughs> comes from the Isle of Man. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't really know. No, I was, I was so, talking so, about a genetic... So let Pete explain. So, okay. I, uh, so, 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 right, <laughs> if we go back to last night, and I get the pyramid, we haven't got onto that yet. No, this I'll, is, I'll this is the pyramid call. after. So this is the call. Yeah. But I was, so Ned, <laughs> I was like, who that's for? Ned <laughs> got to the point where he was like, almost about to explain to it, forgot my bag. And I was like, I've got to catch up with him because this will be lost otherwise. <laughs> catch up. Like, the conversation had never even stopped. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, so Ned, so genetically. <laughs> it was like the commercial I break in this podcast. Yeah. It just, yeah. like, it disappeared for a bit and I then you came back and He boom. didn't see it coming. And yeah. he was like, Ned was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, so genetically, like, we're all humans. How, what, why? So why, they, why is so, that a so, bad so thing? So, so then I started to ask yeah. the question, David. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is completely rogue in terms of mm. what we're talking about. I was mm. like, well, why genetically, if we're all humans? Why is it a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing? Because so you need, well, you can explain it. Well, no, it no, comes no, back no, to no, the David, pyramid. I think you probably know. But I think so you my do. explanation to Pete when he asked me this, I said, in evolutionary terms, the wider you spread your genetic mm. diversity, the more chance you, are, you have of throwing up a mutation that will prove to be stronger for the next generation. Which exactly. then I said, it, which contradicts everything. If you have an amazing woman cyclist like Lizzie Dagnan, yep. an amazing um, f- a male cyclist like Today Pogaccia. Yeah. Or Phil Dagnan. Or Phil Dagnan. Or, yeah, in his own right, was yeah. an incredible cyclist. That's probably a better example. Yeah. Well, yeah, sorry. but I mean, <laughs> Given what you're going to go on to say. Sorry, yeah. No, actually, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Phil. It's so true. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Ned. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the Tour de France and what we're talking about, yeah. and in yeah. terms of Lizzie who's on the podcast, yep. it, it's, it, it doesn't, there's no truth in it. Okay. You might as well, well go uh, and marry and it, but basically <laughs> genetics. <laughs> when we talk about genetics, yes, it it doesn't matter. Well, does it, it does because of oh. just all the, it, the the years and decades. I think of we should let David talk of about genetic yeah. research on this because that's why often if you have a highly bred dog, <laughs> they have all these kind of 
genetic defaults. Problems. But if you have a mongrel, they're bomb-proof. They're amazing. Yeah. So my point, going back to the full circle of what this is about in newer humans, yeah. is that we've got cyclists who are not coming from a cycling background, who have never considered doing it, who have different genetics, come from a different background, and coming into a sport that they're looking at differently, whereas we've almost the whole sport has been built. Sorry, Ned's got your hand up. No, sorry, continue your point, but then I wanted to just um, sort of elaborate on it. So I was going back to the newer humans, is that we've got this new pool of talent coming through who don't come from the the history of cycling and those families that do it. And this has got nothing to do with the Habsburgs in that sense. Yes. But it's the sport's got so big in the last 20 years where kids who don't come from a family of cyclists are getting into it. Aramco Evanapool, who's a footballer. Yep. You've got, Bart Fanart probably did come from, did he? Come from a family of cyclists, what Belgium the, probably. What about the Americans? I'd be surprised not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the genetics thing is interesting and it's a great metaphor but yes. it's, that's all it is it's just yes, a, metaphor. a metaphor I think we're using it's not we're not actually talking about genetics here what we're yeah. talking about we strayed though, too far there the we strayed too far we're talking yeah. about the pyramid we're talking about influences mm-hmm. so genetics has an influence on the next mm-hmm. generation mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so it yeah. bears down on the next yeah. generation and mm-hmm. the next generation and um, what's been happening in cycling your contention David was because it has been passed down through thin strands of family connections yes. and people who are interested in yeah. the sport mm-hmm. um, there hasn't been a crossbreeding literally yeah. of influences from around the narrow strip yes. of hereditary road cycling tradition this was an for me last night yeah and I think that's it isn't it and then we come to the pyramid the and shape then, of the pyramid then we come yeah. to the pyramid so the, the pyramid idea is that um, every sport everything that you do in life has a pyramid and the pyramid is, is either really big or it's really small. But the top is Two different types of pyramids. Yeah. Of the, the, the yeah, in the sense how that wide it is. But though. in our sport, the top of the pyramid is winning the Tour de France. Because yep. the top is always is quite small. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's always the yeah. same results. In well, terms of like the yeah. overall bottom and middle. Yeah, incredible. In how so wide it is. So Com- what happens back to pro cycling stats. And, and the mm. only a few riders have lots of ones and interesting yeah. things. And yeah. there's a huge what amount below of the b- yeah. below. Yeah. The, the yeah. Yeah. So what's happened with cycling is that the top of the pyramid remains the, the, the shiny little top, which is the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. But in the past, it's been a quite a small base. Yeah. And it's been normally through... Uh, people who are into cycling, kind of their parents, their brothers, their their culture. But what's been slowly happening is the the base has been getting bigger without us knowing it, uh, because and the Lance Armstrong era helped that massively. The the birth of the internet, the ability to watch bike racing more, the fact that it's become a sport which is financially kind of in, in, incentivizes. Uh, as well as the kind of glory it brings you, yep. which means that pyramid has slowly been growing, the base, but we haven't seen, haven't noticed that the whole thing is getting bigger and that top's getting higher and higher and higher to get there. And now all of a sudden we're seeing this wave of these new guys and women who are just coming through, who have spent years into the sport with no background in it, and all of a sudden there's a whole new top of the pyramid where there's a lot of, lot of other people who are much better. So the top of the pyramid has moved really high. Mm. And it's fascinating because all of a sudden we're seeing, and I was, we were talking about Wout van Aert in commentary today, Ned, and that was what a pro cyclist could do in the past. Yeah, They could do mountain stages, they could win bunch sprints, they yeah. could time trial, yeah. they could challenge for overall. But we lost that when we had this tiny pyramid and doping was involved. 
because it was actually a tiny group of people all doing the same thing. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, the diversity, this mongrelization of the sport, has lifted the whole pyramid up. And we're now seeing the fruition of that. And we're seeing so much talent, a different type of bike racing. And actually, we've gone full circle to where the sport deserves to be, where it's just, there's loads of freaks. And the freaks, the proper freaks, get to be freakish because it's a level playing field and they're they're all in the same thing doing the same thing uh, it's it's quite hard to explain without visual uh, yesterday no, i was so painting true. a picture but if but gravel racing the new road racing what happens after <laughs> gravel racing tour de france <laughs> tour de france yeah, yeah. gravel racing yeah. In the gravel eventually becomes so based on time and, and that was my convoluted way of yeah. justifying <laughs> these exceptional performances because the, the easy answer is, or the easy kind of thing is, oh, they're doping. But if you look at the results of Vingegaard uh, on Autocam yesterday, only four of the top 100 times, best ever times on the Autocam in the history of the Tour de France since it's been recorded, only four riders made the top, top 100 best times. Huh. Yeah. Well, Which is nuts. So yeah. we've got different racing, but yeah. there's this... So we've got to kind of reset everything and have a different perspective on the sport mm -hmm. now because it's not the sport that we were watching 10 years ago and with today's stage yeah with me flabbergasted yeah. by the winner and how it you were properly flabbergasted you were blown I away really was. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's um it's a really it's a good time to be a pro cyclist right now it's i think it's it's harder but the opportunities are there and that's why pete you were saying there was no way in the past that it would even be an option for a, a kind of a, a domestique from a GC team mm. to, to have that opportunity. Yeah. But it's a it's a completely different pyramid. Sport. Yeah. And pyramid, yeah. It's yeah. you can do this now because mm -hmm. the opportunity and it's a it's a complete mental reset on what's possible. And that began with Bernal winning the Tour de France at twenty one. And who had been the youngest ever winner before that, Eugene Christophe? Uh, it wasn't Christophe. It was, he was the first Yellow Jersey. Lambeau, was it? Maybe. Back in the day, yeah. And then what Remco Evenepoel's been doing, and then Tade. There's this kind of concept, the, the, the elasticity of the mind regards your performance, and you can, you can stretch it out, because it's always the brain that shuts off your physical performance. But if you see people doing it, it's like Roger Bannister trying to do the four-minute mile and doing it and mm. nobody had done it before that's a great example actually. but then in the decade after I think like 20 people <laughs> did it <laughs> oh I've just remembered a story that my friend John told yeah. me about Roger Bannister he was making a documentary <laughs> about the he was making a documentary about the four minute mile God, and he nearly he, obviously the key interview that he needed was Sir Roger Bannister <laughs> and uh, he'd hit a brick wall he just honestly gone through every avenue to get an interview with Sir Roger Bannister about the four minute mile and he'd virtually given up so he was making a documentary with everybody else talking about it but not Sir Roger Bannister anyway he was on a train somewhere and um, it had become almost a running joke that he couldn't get Sir Roger Bannister and eventually <laughs> his mobile phone rings on a train and he hears this voice he goes John McKenna <laughs> and John goes yep he goes Bannister here <laughs> and he just thinks it's a wind up so he goes oh piss off and hangs up <laughs> 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 phone, phone rings two seconds later. John McKenna, it's a Roger Bannister. <laughs> oh no. Um, sorry, I think I must be going through a tunnel there or something. Before. Imagine. Hey, I'm very John McKenna. That's your four-minute mile. <laughs> That's your four-minute mile. Can you do that quickly? Yeah. What for you? Yeah. I'm Sir Roger it. Bannister. 
And that's your four minute mile. <laughs> <laughs>